0: Hey guys, this is Ryan. First off, we pray that y'all are staying safe in this new apocalypse and that you've got power and running water. What you're about to listen to is our first live radio show on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Catch our live radio show every Thursday at 4 Eastern, 3 Central. 365 Sportscast is a streaming network of sports talk radio shows that spans the entire spectrum of sports, including general sports programs and even team-oriented shows like Ours' Starcastic Remarks. You can tune in on your computer by going to 365sportscast.com or tune in on your phone by downloading the iPhone or Android app. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Hey guys, this is Mike Madano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks on 365 SportsCast Radio Network. Hey Chris, how's it going?
1: It's cold.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a little cold. How are you doing up there in uh, College Station? I'm
1: doing good. We've been able to keep power for a decent amount of time, I guess. The college students were able to rally together and use less power,
0: so
1: most of our power is on.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, for those of you that don't know, obviously, we're a Stars podcast, so we're kind of stuck down in uh, Texas right now, where it's literally snowpocalypse. Uh, I, I can't remember another uh, time in my life where we've had snow like this. Uh, it's been absolutely insane, just with everything that's been going on, and... Uh, I mean, uh, for example, like for me, I'm a I'm a band director. Uh, that's my trade and what I do. But uh, we've been out of school for this entire week, and uh, I guess Texas really doesn't know how to deal with snow, do we, Chris?
1: <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. No. So yeah. Uh, so prayers and thoughts out to the people of Texas who are you know without power right now, without water. Um, hopefully, if you're listening right now, you're getting some sort of. Uh, some sort of entertainment out of this, even though it's kind of a hard time. It, it, it's almost like this is like December seventy fifth, Chris. Like, like twenty twenty yeah. never ended.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's the it's the beginning of Rona again. Because I went to the store and there's nothing in the store. They're limiting bread to people again. There was no bread when I went. There's no bread. There's noodles. I got some noodles, dude. That was good. And I'm eating some potato salad now.
0: What? <laughs> well, I I overheard you like before we went live that there's no ramen noodles available. Yeah, there's no ramen noodles,
1: but I went to the Oriental section. They've got the Oriental ramen noodles. They don't. Nobody knows about those. Yeah, man, these Aggies so dumb.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, uh, I guess this this guy is a decent segue into uh, what we're gonna be talking about first is uh, obviously the uh, cancellation of the recent Stars games. So it went from a eight game homestand to a four game homestand, just like that. So uh, the two games against uh, Nashville and the two games against uh, Tampa Bay have been not canceled but postponed. So – and I I was showing – do what?
1: One game against Nashville.
0: One game against Nashville? Oh, I thought it was two. I think so. I thought it was two. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way, four games have been canceled or postponed. So uh, what does that mean for the the Stars? Because, I mean – now at this point, and I saw, I saw a joke up on uh, that Matthew DeFranks put up. We're now five, three, four, and eight. Five wins, three <laughs> losses, four overtime losses, and eight postponements. <laughs> nice. So, <Yeah. laughs> so go figure. Um, but with the uh, with those recent postponements, uh, this is gonna really hurt the Stars. I I, I feel like. What, what what do you think?
1: Why do you think it's going to hurt them?
0: Well, it,
1: it, maybe it won't. Maybe it I, won't. I think it's the best time. I mean, we're on a four-game losing streak. Five-game, five. right? Five-game. Five game losing streak. Like, <laughs> what better time? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I know. Go figure. Um, okay, you know what? I'll take that back. So I, yeah,
1: I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to look weird for a while because, like, we were already behind in games played, and then other teams got run us. So we kind of caught back up, and now we're going to be way behind again. <laughs> so, It'll look bad on standings and stuff, because we'll be behind in points. Mm -hmm. Then you'll see we have, like, five less games than everybody else, and you'll be like, ah, okay, we're Uh, As long as we don't go on another five-game losing streak.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, and the thing that really sucks is that I was really hoping that we'd be able to play Tampa Bay, just to see where we're at. Um, Yeah, I mean, Obviously, right now, we're really sucking it up in just about every single category when it comes to stuff like that, but... The Stars haven't been playing bad, and I was really hoping that maybe with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, the, you know, the Stanley Cup champions coming to town, and then it'd be a rematch against the Stanley Cup finalists, that it would be a good thing for us to see where we're at. Maybe we play a little bit better? Maybe get a little bit luckier? I don't know. Totally
1: on the same brainwave as you on that one. I totally thought that we were going to be able to, like, step up our game playing against them, you know? Like, want a little bit of revenge, maybe? So... I would have liked to see it. I think that would have been a good way to get out of the slump, too, honestly. I think that we would have taken both, but oh well. I guess we'll see later.
0: Yeah, so it, it, th- here's another question that I've been seeing a lot on Twitter lately because of just everything that's been going on. Um, do the Does the NHL finish the season with all 31 teams playing 56 games?
1: I think yes, because they had the extra month pretty much in the schedule from the last game of the regular season to the beginning of playoffs. So they knew there was going to be a heck ton of postponements. I mean, they weren't expecting four extra for the Stars, due to <laughs> too cold to play hockey, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I think they totally planned for this well. I think the way they made the schedule, it's built to do this. So it'll be a little bit weird, but it's going, it's going to work out. I think the way they planned it, the same way they did with the bubble, too. I think it's been outstanding. They've managed this situation really well.
0: Okay. All right. So so here's my thing about the the, the other three postponements I don't really care about. So uh, what was it? T- Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then Saturdays. So, so Tuesdays, todays, and then upcoming Saturdays. The one that kind of irked me a little bit was the one about uh, on Monday. And mostly because you know I was really looking forward to a Stars game and and, and I know I'm being really selfish and in everything because I know there's a lot of people that don't have power right now or anything like that and I totally get them canceling the game you know postponing the game for another time but the the deal was is that that decision wasn't made until like less than two hours before puck drop
1: yeah, it, it definitely could have been made sooner, and, and I was right with you there too. I was pretty annoyed with it, but like looking back, it's obviously the right decision to make. But yeah, they probably should have. The problem was they didn't know like the extent of it, right? Like we weren't, we didn't know that the power was going to be out for five days. We thought maybe tonight, and that would be it. But yeah, I think ultimately they made the right decision. But yeah, kind of frustrating that it was that late.
0: Yeah, I I honestly just wish they had just you know, e- even if it had been like 3 or 4 hours before the game, I would have been like okay, fine, whatever. And uh you know, if you read into the uh into the statement that they came out with, it almost sounded like the the NHL was kind of ticked off that they were forced to close down the game.
1: Oh yeah, they were. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I think. I
0: mean, I mean, they're not going to come out and say that publicly or anything like that. But they're like, even though both teams are here in the in the city and they have all four ass and everything, it's been decided that you know, in conjunction with the mayor's office and everything, that uh, this game is going to be postponed. So
1: yeah, I think the game totally could have been played. Like, to be honest, they have to keep the ice on anyway. They can't let the ice melt, so there's going to be power in the AAC. But yeah, ma- the reason I say it was the right decision is like, to be honest, it's mainly for appearance. Like, one hockey game wasn't isn't going to make that big of a difference to the power grid, but it's it- it's still the right decision just to show that they're in solidarity with the community and stuff. But yeah, I can totally see why the NHL would be upset about that, especially because because it was the mayor's office that made that request so late too like when the mayor's office made that request the stars pretty much responded in like 30 minutes and said that they canceled it but yeah
0: well so kind of ridiculous well here's the flip side that i've been seeing some arguments about on twitter is that they a lot of people have been saying well they shouldn't have had to step in like the mayor's office shouldn't have had to step in they should the stars should have just done it uh you know, just because, because of all the suffering that's going on in the DFW area right now,
1: there was still power at the AAC even when the game was canceled. The ice was still on. There's probably still a bunch of lights on. So, I think that's people thinking with their heart and not with their brain. Which, like, sure, I get that. Sometimes right it's, now, it's sometimes freezing. That's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's okay. But like, if you were really to sit down and think about it objectively, like it's it's kind of a ridiculous thing to be upset about but you know well yeah, it, ultimately they made the right decision just to be have solidarity with them but yeah definitely so late was weird
0: yeah and and again prayers out to everybody out in the dfw area we hope you guys are doing okay uh we hope you've got water and uh yeah, and power uh, going yeah, on and everything it, it, we're not saying anything like that yeah it, it it's it, it we were just frustrated at the fact that you know you know an hour before the game typically you, you you're gonna expect that game to be played right yeah. so I don't know but th- but that's just that's just me okay
1: I was just saying like objectively mathematically an arena would not make that much difference in the power grid that's just my whole point
0: <laughs> right right so okay um interesting uh there, there's no real way to segue to, <laughs> to to this next point the coyotes yeah so uh <laughs> It's kind of stars related, in in the way that I'm thinking, because I think it would be cool, but uh, it it's not cool. Some of the stuff that we're hearing coming out of uh, out of the desert in Arizona. So obviously, everybody pretty much in the hockey world knows how long this has been going on. The Arizona Coyotes don't work in the desert. They've had a bunch of financial issues. They don't have a a, a real true arena. You know, the fight with their city yeah the fight with yeah the fight with their city and you know they technically play in Glendale so they they didn't yeah, want to not be Phoenix Coyotes. yeah they're not the, even though they were called the Phoenix Coyotes so they changed it to Arizona Coyotes to you know to help with the 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 issue there so um but there's a lot of stuff that has been coming out with this uh with this new owner and all the stuff that has been going on so um, one of the things that we've been hearing is that there are some sexual harassment issues that are going on and uh there's also some apparently uh Alex Maruello, who is the new owner, he owns ninety five percent of the team. Uh he doesn't want to be called Alex by his by his uh colleagues. He wants to be called Mr. Maruello, which is kinda strange. But th- there just seems to be the in, there seems to be just like this dysfunction uh with this team, and uh, i I really encourage you to go if you haven't a subscription to the athletic uh Katie does a fantastic job with this uh with this article and it's a long one i mean it's it's lengthy it's really long so I mean we could spend the rest of the time talking about everything that's going on but long story short, there's a bunch of dysfunction going on in the desert with the coyotes. Hey. Sounds a
1: lot like the stars before Gagliardi. Yeah,
0: Gagliardi, yeah, and before Gagliardi <laughs> got in there. whatever. Gag- whatever Gagliardi, whatever. Gagliardi. The guy who's got the money. Gagliardi. Ga- Gal- Gallagheri. Gagliardi guy. Gagliardi, Gagliardi. Yeah. Yeah, but the stars never had anything like this.
1: Uh, yeah, not this bad. Yeah, it is yeah. not,
0: and I, I really don't want to go into some of the details, because some of the details are kind of gruesome and kind of, I mean, there's like missed payments because uh, missed bonuses that the that the players aren't receiving. Uh, Steve Sullivan, who when John Chanka left the, as the GM, he was the interim GM, and then they hire Bill Armstrong from the Blues organization to be the general manager, and then all of a sudden Steve Sullivan gets canned. He gets fired. No explanation, none. Z- zilch, zero, no- nothing. And now there's apparently some rumors that he is going to go to court and he's going to seek lost damages for his uh, his terminated contract. So we'll see how that goes. Ugh, goodness gracious. Um, yeah. but It's just a
1: mess. Just go read the article. There's a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so what I did want to talk about, though, and this is not in the article, but I thought this would be really interesting is that so since there's all this dysfunction with this uh, team right now in the desert the coyotes there have been calls for this team to be moved and it's been like that for years now so uh, there are two destinations that i'm seeing a lot of everywhere on facebook on twitter in the media in uh, on reddit even and the two options are quebec city which i don't I don't think would be a good spot landing spot for the Coyotes because, yes, it's a small market, and yes, they love their hockey up there in Quebec City, but there is a reason why the Quebec Nordiques left in the first place and why they moved to Colorado. It's because they didn't feel like that they could sustain an NHL franchise in that city. Well, that's the first option, but then the other option is a lot more interesting for Stars fans in that there may be uh, talks about Houston maybe even being the uh, new, new location for the Arizona Coyotes if the Coyotes uh, even move. So before I ask you this question, um, they've already speculated and they've already talked about that it's Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, that he does not want to move the, the Phoenix, oh, see, I'm already calling it Phoenix, the Arizona Coyotes organization. He does not want to move it and a majority of the owners don't want to move it. But if they did, do you think that Houston could sustain an NHL franchise?
1: Oh, that could sustain, absolutely. Houston is gigantic. <laughs> there would definitely be enough hockey fans, and Houston sports fans in general, are kind of similar to Dallas fans. If you're winning, you're going to have a full arena. <laughs> so, it, it, It would definitely sustain very easily. It's like one of the largest cities in the United States, so they'd have no problem sustaining it.
0: So it's the third largest city in the United States, and I think it's behind uh, L.A. and New York. somewhere around there. And uh, obviously they already have franchises there of all the other major sports franchises. I mean, you've got the Rockets, you've got the Astros, and you've got the Texans. So it's not like that this – town is unfamiliar with sports franchises, but the the other issue is is that just like I was talking about the Quebec Nordiques and how they weren't doing, doing well up there, and that's why they moved to Colorado, a lot of people are pointing to the Houston Arrows when the WHA was still around uh, in the 70s, and Houston was one of the dominant teams in the WHA back then hmm and that's when like they had Gordy Howe and they had his two sons and the and the three of them were playing a online together which was really cool but um I guess you could kind of make the same argument for why Houston would not be a good destination for the NHL
1: yeah, but it, Houston was a very different city then obviously it was pretty much just a port city and that was it it's much more than that now but uh yeah, there's so many people there. As long as you're winning hockey games, you, you'll have fans. Like, especially the, with the way their sports works. Like, I'm in College Station. I'm like an hour and a half, two hours from Houston, and it's already flooding with Astros fans. When they were on their World Series streak, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing an Astros jersey. So, Houston fans definitely will show out whenever you're winning. Whenever you're winning games.
0: So for those of you that live in other places other than Texas, this is how it goes with Houston and Dallas fans. And I, I think I re- I'd really truly believe this. So Dallas fans will root for Houston teams, right, if the if the Dallas teams are not. If the Dallas teams are out, yes. Yeah, if the Dallas teams are out, the Dallas fans will root for the Houston teams because they're still, they're still Texas teams, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, they will
1: be fans of them, but they'll
0: root for them. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: But vice versa, it does not happen that way. So, so <laughs> pretty, much, that's pretty much true. Houston
1: hates us, and we don't really care about Houston.
0: <laughs> right. So, yeah, Houston hates us, and they want nothing to do with us. And if the Cowboys are doing really well, or the Stars are doing really well, or the uh, or the Rangers are doing really well, they don't care. They still won't root for us. They'll root no, against so, us. No, they'll,
1: they'll care about <laughs> the Stars. Hockey fans will care about the Stars. I guess that's Where true. I am. There's a lot of There's a lot of Stars jerseys down here. Actually, whenever it's game days, so you pretty much see like a good ten to twenty. Stars jerseys just around campus, and that's during Ramadan times. So yeah. there's a good amount of hockey fans down here. But yeah, if if, it, if there's a Houston team, those fans would be quickly flipped.
0: <laughs> so do you think that? Uh, do you really think that it can sustain an NHL franchise, or do you think it uh, has absolutely. to be? So the reason why the Stars were so successful is because within six years of them moving to the to the Lone Star State, they won a Stanley Cup. So, in order for Houston to be successful, do you think they need something like that in order to jumpstart their success in the in the city?
1: I think that the reason they're... So, most of the Southern teams don't have real, like, die-hard fan bases like the Stars do. Like, I think that cup run is why the Stars have a good core of season ticket holders and die-hard Stars, Stars fans. But, like, the Panthers and the Yotes, like... They don't necessarily have like, it seems like a diehard core of fans the same way the stars do. So I think it would definitely like it obviously helps if you're winning and you're getting a good solid fan base there. But like Florida is still surviving and doing well. Tampa's still doing well. Like obviously that would be more of the, 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 the classical look to it because I don't think of like diehard Tampa fans either. Like when there's a lot, when Tampa's doing good, there's a ton of Tampa fans because. Tampa's a big city. But, like, when Tampa's doing bad, it's pretty much about as bad as the Panthers. So, (laughs) I think it'd it'd be kind of similar to that. But if the flip side of that is in Quebec, you are going to have diehards. Right, exactly.
0: Right. So, So,
1: you're going to have the safety net of having those fans that are definitely going to attend. You could be the worst team in the league, and you'll still sell a heck ton of season tickets. So, that's just the difference there. You have higher potential in Houston, but... You've got a good safety net in Quebec.
0: Well, and then on the flip side, in Quebec, you also got to think of the economic side of the of the coin, because like in in Canada, the taxes are much, 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 much higher than they are here in the United States. And then even if you compare, that's how we got Alexander Radulov. Right, and and, <laughs> well, and that's exactly how uh, why the Lone Star State looks really attractive to a sports franchise and to people who want to come to the to the Lone Star State to play because there's no state income tax. So, um, I mean, we have high property taxes, but, you know, if you're working here, you don't care. You don't gotta buy a property. Yeah, you don't have to. You (laughs) don't care. So they get to keep more of their money from that uh, contract. So, and and that is a really good point because, like, especially in Canada, when, I mean, if Toronto is sucking it up, which they're not right now, they're actually doing pretty well other than that five-to-one meltdown the other night, um, then you, you I mean Canada. you're always gonna have fans in Canada. I mean you could put a yeah, team nothing you, happens. Right. I mean you yeah, could
1: Toronto's wait list for season tickets is like fifty years.
0: Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> and and obviously it's the most popular sport in the country up there. So I mean you throw a team up there, they're gonna be successful. And uh I mean and we saw that with Winnipeg. Like when uh, they moved they tried to do a southern team in Atlanta for the second time. And uh, both times, they've moved them to a Canadian city. So it was first the Atlanta Flames, and they moved to Calgary, and then it was the Atlanta Thrashers, and then they moved them to Winnipeg, and they became the, the, the second reincarnation of the Winnipeg Jets. So, but, then you can, then it makes a full circle. The Winnipeg Jets moved, the first Winnipeg Jets moved to Phoenix. So, uh, go figure. Um, that's so, just
1: the risk and reward. So low risk is in Canada, but high reward is in the South. So right. That's it. It depends who's got the team. So if Phoenix is feeling like the risk is too high now, and he if he sells to a owner who just wants to own a hockey team and wants to make sure that he's not going to lose it in, in any way or lose money, then he might just send it north.
0: Uh, but regardless of the fact of if they don't, it well, like If they do move a team to Houston, that would be so cool. <laughs> Houston versus Dallas. I mean, that has to be the first game, regardless of how how good Houston is. Like their first yeah. inaugural game would have to be against uh, against Dallas. So, would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be so cool. Um, if they did move to Houston, what do you think their uh, the team name would be? I don't think they would keep the Kai gotta of be these... the arrows. Gotta be the arrows. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I mean, even that would be awesome. Nostalgia for the win, and you know Gordy Howe and. Gordie Howe played for the WHA Houston Arrows back in the day, and a lot of people don't realize that. He's pro- he's arguably the, the greatest hockey player that ever lived, and he played in Texas for a, a period of time. So A good amount of time. Yeah, it was three, four years towards the end yeah, of his career. Yeah, something like that. And then, something like that. Yeah, it, it was insane. And what a lot of people don't realize is that Wayne Gretzky's first year of professional hockey was actually supposed to be in the WHA with the Edmonton Oilers. So that he he joined professional hockey right before the merger between the two, uh, between the two leagues. So, okay. Anyways, that would be cool if the Coyotes move to Houston. That would be cool, and I just thought that would be a cool speculation kind of thing uh, if they did move. And I, I again, I really encourage you to go and listen to or listen, uh, read the article on the Athletic. They have a uh, like a free trial thing if you want to do it. I highly highly recommend it. Uh just for this article alone, just so you could understand what's going on in the coyotes uh organization right now. And you know, they're not gonna be talking about it, Gary Bettman and, you know, Bill Daly and all the higher ups in the NHL, but you you gotta think that they're looking into it and they're talking about it. They gotta do
1: something about it. It's it's pretty messed up. They've yeah. gotta they gotta punish somehow.
0: Well it well, we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. Okay. Uh let's talk actual Star stuff right now. How does that sound? So it, it it's kind of weird to talk about Star hockey cuz we haven't played in a week. There's
1: been no Star hockey.
0: Yeah, there's been no <laughs> Star hockey for a week. And like the only reason why we're even able to to do this is because, you know, I don't have school right now with my kids and you're probably stuck inside for the most part too. So no school. No school. So uh, Saad Yusef has a great article up on that again the athletic I love the athletic. They're great um, But he just to kind of pass the time until we get another game Which hopefully we might get one next week. Uh, he talks about the five biggest problems so far in the young season So um, we're gonna go through each of these uh, just a little bit and Just get our put our own thoughts into this article as well so out of the five things, what do you think is the most, uh, like, the most important thing that Saad thinks is? We need to run through
1: them first. The people don't know.
0: Ah, we just go one by one. I have to stay till the end. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, what, what do you think the first one is? Any ideas?
1: The the biggest problem.
0: Yeah, the biggest problem. In my opinion, or in Saad's opinion? In Saad's opinion. Oh, well, I'm looking at the article. Oh, okay. Well, then you can cheat. There you go. <laughs> go ahead. Go for it. Penalty kill. <laughs> Chris, you cheater. Is this is this in order?
1: I don't know. Yes, this is. An I order. think this is just a list.
0: Oh, right. do you think it's just a list? Yeah, whatever. Penalty kill. Yeah. This penalty whatever. kill sucks. Yeah. So it's bad. after starting in the top, like you know, the top five, top ten for the first couple weeks of the season, they are now middle. Well, and they're not even middle of the pack team. Honestly, they're below average. Yeah, Bottom third. They're in. They're twentieth in the NHL with a seventy-eight percent penalty kill percentage right now. Which that's that's fantastically def- suckish.
1: Yeah, for a defensive team, that's awful. If you if your identity is a defensive team, that's that's not that's not that's not the move.
0: Well, and well, and the thing with this though is that the even though they have a defensive identity like this should be better the penalty kills should be better and that that's what we built our whole team identity around is our defense that's what we're so great about that everyone says we play a trap style game but the other thing is is they've just lost so many one goal games right so yeah
1: and there's always been a a penalty or a power play goal pretty much in each of them so
0: yeah so <laughs> So one of the statistics in the article it says they've allowed at least one power play goal in 8 of its last 9 games and then 9 of its last 12 games. So that's that, that that's just atrocious. I mean, you can't you you can't win games when you're losing the special teams battle, which we'll go to the other side of this in a second, but uh, the, the penalty kill just hasn't looked bad. And one of the things I've been noticing is that they used to not allow those cross, you know, east west passes, not the north south passes like down, but across the mm-hmm. rink, and that's what really gets the the goaltender screwed up. And in that that lateral movement that's, across the- that's
1: what's been getting through. And I, I think the issue is they're not getting on the ice. Like you see, passes are going right, but right by people, right by people's skates. They're just trying to kick at them, like. Get your body on the ground, get your stick on the ground, do anything to get the puck. You're not a soccer player, you're not that skilled with a giant knife on your foot. <laughs> Find a way to stop the puck. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's been like, that exact scenario has happened at least three times in the last five games, where it's just right next to someone's skate and they just miss, and then it's just bang, in the back of the net. So that cross crease definitely ha- has to stop. Like, that's pretty unacceptable for the way that we play our our penalty kill.
0: Well, and it makes it way harder for our, uh, you know, for our goaltender, whoever it may be, Ottinger, Dobby, to, to get across. And Dobby's made a couple of those stops where it's gone cross crease and he's made the stop, but that's not a stop that he should be expected to make. Like, that, that shouldn't yeah. even be an option when when you're doing those cross crease passes. And uh, that's just something that uh, that we can't let up. All right, uh number 2. And uh we've talked about this numerous times. It's but kind of in a different way. Uh he calls it finishing 5 on 5 offense. So for us that's just not taking advantage of your opportunities. It's kind of what we've been saying in our in our PGRs. Uh yeah. It, we're just not we're, we're we're not finishing our chances.
1: Yeah, I think it's mainly due to like trying to make the perfect play, like Hayeskins going in, he's got he's on it, he's on his forehand, he's got a great chance at a wrist shot. Like just take the shot, dude. Same with Ben. Ben has made some stupid passes. He was a, with a two on one with not a goal scorer to his side. I don't remember who it was. It might have been a. I can't remember his name. Who is he? Little three goal uh, hat trick scorer, game seven. Tell me his name. Kiwi. Kiwi. Kiwi Ronto was on, was to his left side. Ben would shoot that 10 out of 10 times if it was his Art Rossier. Like, do it. Shoot the puck, dude. Like, you're paid to score goals. You're getting paid a lot of money to score very few goals. <laughs> so you better shoot the puck when it's on your stick and don't pass it off to somebody else, especially when you're going down the ice on a breakaway. So, yeah, those big guys, I don't understand why they're not shooting. Like, they need to be shooting. Like, Guryanov has figured it out. He's been shooting. He actually stopped in the past few games. But he's been making good assists somehow, but he needs to be shooting too. if you're paid to shoot the puck, shoot the dang puck.
0: Well, and uh so here here's some statistics for you. This is kind of insane. Uh, but the stars rank six in the league and Corsi four percentage at fifty one point nine seven percent and tenth and goals four percentage at fifty four point oh five. But here's here, here's the biggest the The biggest statistic that kind of blows my mind. So, uh, the Stars rank second in the NHL in scoring chance percentage at fifty four point eight four percent. That's second, second in the NHL, and and we don't
1: score that many goals. Right, and
0: we <laughs> and and we don't score that many goals. And the thing is, is and you could obviously see that in a lot of these past games. It's been a week now, but in the past games where we outchanced the teams we, both teams that we played against we out we outchanced them and then it was just we, d- we just left it on the ice it, we just and, didn't do anything with it
1: and and that's where the guys who make the money have to score the goals like you're getting paid you need to figure out a way to put the puck in the net like it it doesn't matter like even uh, a <laughs> Even freaking Alexiak figured out a way. He shoved it through the goalie's pad. Like, get it in the back of the net. Don't miss the net. That's what he he also talks about earlier in this same session. Like, we're missing the net a lot. Like, a lot. (laughs) Like, breakaway chances, nobody in your way, just sailing it over. So, I don't know if, like, this is something that my friend Seth, who's been on the podcast before, has said, like, why do we not, like, have shooting practice? Because it really looks like we're one of the worst shooting teams in the league. (laughs)
0: Well and here, but here's the flip side of that, is because with the, the COVID schedule and everything that's going on, there's there is no time to practice. There well, really wait. there really isn't. There's there's no time He's, to practice. These
1: guys are paid to be able to put the puck in the neck. So if they're not doing it, they've gotta practice themselves on shooting the dang puck. <laughs> like his thing is he says that he wants to have an entire three hour practice and where they just shoot the puck. That's Seth's big mantra. <laughs> Every time they have a bad shooting game, so maybe they need some of that. Maybe they just need to shoot the puck more and just hope that some of them go in since they suck at it. I don't know, but yeah, having that high of a chance percentage and not capitalizing, it shows that we're not crazy. So what we've been saying is true. They just need to score it. That comes down to the
0: players. Well, and you don't even. And he he kind of mentioned this in the article too. You don't have to look at statistics to be able to tell. Like if you watch the games, to tell that the stars yeah, yeah. are just not doing it. Yeah, I mean yeah, we watched. That's what we've been saying. Yeah, we watched. Yeah, we watched every single game so far. And the reason why they they just haven't been fulfilling those those chances, and and it's it's not down to like one thing. I mean I mean kind of like how you talked about it, like the the Ben chance I forget which game it was but he, it was a two on one he had Kiwi on the other side and you know like you said ten times out of ten and during his Art Ross year he would have taken that shot and it would have gone in the back of the net but uh, he didn't take that and then uh, there's just been a couple of... Haskinen events.
1: still has no goals right. no goals for Miro Haskinen. And
0: like that
1: can't be that can't be acceptable he's been playing great he's been playing well defensively he's had some outstanding assists the the defensive block on the empty net to take it to overtime last game was something I'll never forget, but he has to score goals. That's his job. Him and Klingberg are defensemen who are supposed to score goals, so he needs to figure that out somehow.
0: Well, my thing is, is they don't even have to score goals. Just take shots at the net. Klingberg has been doing yeah, that. Kling- at least. Kling- I mean, even on the power play, I haven't seen Haskinen taking many shots.
1: That's true. And, and, he used to just fling him from the top, like that's what he should do.
0: <laughs> if you got
1: a good chance from the top of on top of the line, and you've got people that you think can tip it in, throw it at the net, dude.
0: I would, I, I would, and again, we've been saying this for the entire the entire season so far, is that uh, he's doing fine. You know, Haskinen is doing fine, but something seems off. Some, just, just something seems just a little bit off and maybe it's the whole covid situation uh, and he, maybe he got covid and he just hasn't fully recovered from it yet I, I i don't know
1: it's just that that mojo that he had was gone like when he had the puck he just looked so confident like he knew what he was going to do with the puck and nobody else did and he, he could just slither through anybody it looks like he doesn't have that like he doesn't know what he's going to do with the puck is what it looks like well so, and... i don't know what that's about hope maybe this will help maybe week off might clear the dude's mind, but he's got to figure out a way to get that confidence back.
0: Well, and we – I don't I don't know. We were talking about in the bubble playoffs during the first two weeks of the bubble playoffs that he was our con Smythe you know, candidate at that he point. He was our best player. Yeah. E- e- even with Dobby playing out of his mind. We were talking Absolutely. about how, how great uh, Mira Haskinen was. And then towards the end, he kind of faded off a little bit, and we, we figured out why. It's because he was hurt. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but he he still would have arguably been a candidate for the Conn Smythe Trophy had we won the Stanley Cup. So, Absolutely. And he and he was a and he's a second year player, second like he was a sophomore player, and, and that's insane. And for this team to be successful, that's the and we go back to it again. The defense has to be involved in the offense, and we have not seen that very much.
1: So we, we've had Klinger. Klinger's been pretty much it.
0: Yeah, okay, that's true.
1: And he he's been playing well, but like the, the reason it was working in the bubble playoffs is because we had one of them on the ice at all times, so our offense would flow through one of them, and that's how we would get the puck moving. If we if Haskins not going, we have we cut that time in
0: half. All right, so, so we kind of went on a random tangent on that, but that that kind of all encapsulates the whole five on five offense stuff. So. And it kind of encapsulates this next thing, uh, the power play. So the Stars rank second in the NHL with a power play success rate of 33.3%. So basically, for every, every three power plays they get, one of them goes in the back of the net, which is great. And that's all fine and dandy and everything. But... Uh, And Saad points out, if you remove the first four games against the Predators and the Detroit Red Wings, which I think we should at this point because we've gone one for eight in our last eight games, or one for seven in our last eight games, excuse me, we go from second in the NHL to 17th in the NHL at 20%. So instead of one for every three, it goes to one for every five.
1: And and what's tough with that is... We've had someone on our power play be out pretty much every night. Like, Ben's out for three games. Kibby's out for three games. Ropey's out for three games. was uh, out just recently. So it it's tough to... Because to, power play, you really need to like be on the same page. You kind of need to read each other's mind to know what you're trying to do to get the puck in. It, if you... If you if you don't really know what's going on, you're kind of doing what the Capitals do. You're like, okay, let's pass it around until we get an open shot to Ovechkin, and then he shoots. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like right now. It feels like Klingers at the top. He's trying to get it to Guriano for a one timer. and If you can't, he's just going to throw it at the net. It seems like the other three guys on the ice aren't really sure how they are going to score. They're just trying to wait, trying to find a way to get to those guys. So, and I, and I think that's just because the injuries and it's been so weird trying to figure something out. So.
0: Well, the other thing that I've noticed about before I get to the next paragraph, that, and it's a good point that he makes, uh, our entrances into the offensive zone when we're on the power play looks atrocious. Looks absolutely atrocious. And not joking, you know, I, I think I counted, the, the I'm thinking of one power play against Chicago. Out of the nine times that we tried to get into the zone, I think one of them was clean. Like it like it looked yeah. like it had it was practiced. Like that that's what they intended to do. Now they made it in a couple of other times, but the couple of other times were just, you know, broken place and they somehow were able to come up with the puck. So th- I think if we're going to fix our power play, which I think we it needs to be fixed. It, it, I don't care for a second in the NHL. Take out those four games, and Sod's right. I mean, we're 16th in the NHL when it comes to that. So um, we got to fix our entries. That I think if we fix our entries and we get more time cycling through the zone, then it'll be better. Uh, I think we
1: do that by playing it the way we play five-on-five. Five. Like, if you don't have a lane, chip the puck around him and go get it. Like, especially when you have an extra player I don't understand why teams don't do that more they feel like they need to have this nice smooth entry into the end the zone and especially for the stars who we like hardly ever will take the rush chance on the power play like they, they'll just have this great smooth entry it'll be a three on two and then they'll just peel back and take it to the defenseman which we should because our defensemen are the way we score our goals but like if we're doing that why don't just chip it past if our play doesn't work instead of peeling back around
0: well I that's would... what I don't that's what I don't get. I would rather see. I would rather see more chances off the rush. Now, not with uh, Ben and Pavelski and you know Cogliano and those players, but with the with Hints and Garionov and Robertson and any and anybody else. Who, well, maybe Cogs can keep up with them, but anybody else who can skate, who has that extra burst of speed that other teams don't have, we should use that to our advantage. And I would. I would honestly like to see more of that. So.
1: I feel like it's better to get it to those guys who can score the clingers, and that well, right now not Haskin, but Clinger and Hayskin. I think it, we have we'll have a better chance of scoring a goal if we set up in the zone with them and have their brain at the top. Because those guys they they just know how to put the puck in the net. Like and it feels like whenever we don't get good chances on the rush, it's because we're not set up. Like I don't. There's not much times when we score a power play goal off the rush. I just feel like that's not the way we play hockey. I think we play hockey like that with Guri and Hintz, and that's why they're they're working so well because it's a shock. Because that's not the way the Stars play, and then you see these two guys just flying down. But in general, I don't think that's the way to go.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I would like to see more chances from. from it would definitely game. be more fun. I, I would. I would <laughs> love. I would love to see them flying down the the rank more. But uh, we'll see. when it comes to that. And uh, but I, I do agree with you that Hayskin and I I think he is the the big catalyst in the power play. Um, Klinger is doing his job. Pavelski is more than doing his job as a 36 year old. Um, Absolutely, we, we need more people like Hayskin to step up. And, and and this gets to the next thing, but here in a second. But even though there's people that may drop like flies in and out of the out of the lineup, seems like every day. And, you know, we haven't had the same lineup at all this entire season. There's always been one person that has been different and, you know, different line combinations and, and, and stuff like that. But he's got to step up, and he's got to be able to, to do that. And I really hope he does because this is his contract year. I mean, I mean this is the year where he banks. I mean, he's going to get paid regardless, but is he going to get paid $5 million or is he going to get paid seven? And right now he's kinda leaning more towards that five, five and a half million kind of payday. So uh we'll see with that. Um but the the other thing I wanted to point out is uh and Saad Youssef he asked this question. He said, Is removing the four games against Nashville and Detroit fair? You know, taking that out of the statistics.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: A- a- absolutely, right? And and why would that be?
1: Yeah, well just like Those were obviously two teams that weren't ready to play hockey when we played them. If you watch the game, they were obviously not as good as us (laughs) by substantial margin, just on a pure skill level. So we could play any kind of hockey and beat them. We didn't have to play Dallas Stars hockey. That's why we scored (laughs) seven and (laughs) six goals against them. So, yeah, I think think especially our division, we have some... Great teams, and we have some really terrible teams. And I actually saw people talking about like, "Oh, we have the best division because we have the most points." Well, the way the divisions are working is to start playing just in division. That probably, if you have more, po- if a division has more teams with higher amounts of points, it's probably just because the lower teams suck more. <laughs> so I think the central division definitely has the biggest gap between the best teams and the worst teams. Well, so I think that that's totally fair.
0: Well, and honestly, the emergence of Chicago kind of scares me just slightly because Chicago was supposed to go through this rebuild and everything and they were supposed to you know drop some of these players and maybe trade some players off but you know if you're Stan Bowman maybe you don't <laughs> I mean they've looked pretty good and freaking Yanmar seems... is freaking scoring it... for the Blackhawks crap we, we already talked about this in <laughs> the PGR we talked about it
1: go listen to the other PGR there's a reason for it, but yeah, Chicago has been great. I've loved watching Chicago play. It's really cool seeing the contrast from old Chicago dynasty when they just had their skill players just try and make sick plays, and now they have this really grindy team. It's really fun to watch. I really actually enjoy watching them play. And I, I, I don't, like,
0: uh, and I don't want to take away from what they did against the stars. They played well against the stars. We just didn't. Yeah, they played, just didn't play well enough against them.
1: They played a grindy hockey game, and it felt like every single one of their players was trying to prove themselves, which was, it was really cool to see. I liked watching it. it. It felt like all those guys really cared a lot, even though they some would say they're on one of the worst teams. Well, now they're not saying it, but it was fun to watch them. Well, anyway, off topic again.
0: Yeah, who cares? <laughs> all right, so back to back to what I was saying. So Dallas is 55.6% on the power play against Detroit and against uh, Nashville, right? Nashville looks like they're going to head to a rebuild here pretty soon, I think. I, 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 yeah, they, they look awful. They, they've slowly declined over the, the past couple of years. And then they're 20% against three teams that are you know vying for a playoff spot, and I would put the Blackhawks in that. Uh, the Blue Jackets, the Blackhawks, and the Hurricanes. I mean, the Hurricanes have had our number from day one from this season, it seems like. Um, the Blue Jackets just got Line A, and Line A looks like he's going beast mode, along with uh, Jack Roslovic. And then the Blackhawks have overachieved from what we expected at the beginning of this season. So, uh, you you can't go twenty percent against the good teams and then fifty five point six against fifty five point six against the bad teams. So doesn't really (laughs) help. All right. um, So number four, number four, injury report. Obviously, you know we've lost a lot of players. You know, even before the season started, so uh, we we can point out that that the injury bug has really hit the stars, but it's hit every team, in my opinion, honestly. It's I mean, hitting it's,
1: the stars a little worse.
0: I think. Okay, but, but no, hold on. It, when when you have, uh, okay, look at Tampa Bay, right? Look at Tampa Bay. Okay, who do they not? Working. Who do they not have right now? They're they They don't have off at all. He hasn't played a single game this year. It and they're still as dominant as they are. If the Stars are that kind of team, and and we have to we have to beat Tampa Bay in order to make it to even the semifinals of the playoffs, we don't look it, like that team right now. We're
1: missing two of those players though. Two
0: of like I I would say at
1: least our top five players. We're missing Tyler Sagan, who is our best forward, historically past five years, whatever. He's our best forward, and Ben Bishop, who's been one of the best goalies in the past five years. So we're missing a lot of money on the ice and a lot of production and value. So I, I'd say we're missing two Kucherovs. So we've got two hands tied behind their backs. So Tampa Bay's one.
0: Well. I don't know. I still feel like that, the stars. That's should gonna be... go. Go ahead. That's go gonna ahead. go
1: on for me to our next "Don't Panic" segment that we're gonna do in a second. Like, we're missing two of our best players. Like, two of our franchise players are out. Like, right now is not the time for us to dominate the Central Division. We need to survive and stay in a playoff spot is the goal. Well,
0: and on top of that's that, that's getting ahead of ourselves, though. Yeah. Uh, that on on top of that. Uh, we have been missing a lot of other players too so it hasn't just been uh, those two guys I mean, you know radulov has been out for a while now he's missed the last couple of games um hints seems to be going in and out of the uh, out of the lineup for a while now too so yeah. it, it it just that's seems what i'm just... saying
1: we're, we're getting the normal injuries that other teams are getting plus we have two of our best players out so, yes, we're getting normal stuff that every team is getting, but we're adding on top of that, missing like $12 million of, of hockey That's that isn't on our money.
0: ice. That's a lot of money. So,
1: yeah, we're missing – even if y'all don't – y'all may not think they're being they're doing well because they weren't doing well in the playoffs and, or Bishop wasn't even in the playoffs, but they're a lot of money. They're outstanding players. Bishop has been in Vezna talks for three years straight Three years straight, he's been outstanding.
0: Well, and the only so, the only reason why he probably didn't get more consideration was just because he's been hurt. It's his yeah, injury. Because he's been hurt, and, and we and he and plays we in Dallas, who that. doesn't score goals and let him win games. <laughs> right, that's true too. So, um, so also on the the flip side of all of this, um, you got all of these, all these issues, and uh, I mean then you still have players who are taking uh, maintenance days, even when there's days they're supposed to be practicing. So, like, uh, Pavelski, uh, I mean, God bless him. Uh, He should not be... He can take as many maintenance days as he needs. (laughs) Seriously, he hasn't been playing like the 27-year-old Pavelski, the way he's been playing.
1: <laughs> we'll have him do what Yager did. No practicing. <laughs> you only play games. You remember when he was on the stars? Mm-hmm. That's what he would do. He would not he would only do morning skates and games and that would be it. He would hardly ever do practices. That was hilarious.
0: So so all of that gets into our last little thing after we talk about all the injuries, we talk about the uh, special teams, uh we talk about, you know, uh Finishing five-on-five offense, it feels like it's just a little bit of everything. It's kind of scary. <laughs> but uh, the last thing that Saad points out is shootouts. So, the, And that's the fifth thing. So it, it, it seems like this team, a long time ago, we were the kings. We were the kings of the We shootout. had the
1: best puck-moving defensemen. Well Oh I meant overtime. I was talking about overtime. Shootouts. I feel like we've always been bad at shootouts. No. <laughs> Maybe that's just no, the, me feeling bad.
0: Well uh, well you were you were really young when uh, he was around Oh, you mean a lot like Mike Ribeiro's stuff. Yeah, Mike Ribeiro. Yes, I, I'm not just talking Microbero, yes. but you remember Yusy Yokinen? Yes, Yusufin like, he was like Madano. Like he like Yusy Yokinen was talked to, up with uh, like Pavel Datsuk, like as the shootout kings. And like Pavel Dotskook had all these moves and everything, so did Yusu Jokinen. and and they had great percentages. But uh, anyways, and I'll I'll kind of let you rant about this a little bit because I I think you were upset about it with uh, the last game we we lost in the shootout against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and you didn't agree with the choices that were made of people who were on the faceoff or who who took the shootout. Well,
1: no, no, no. I'm gonna reward you there. I okay. agreed with the choices, but he was forced into those choices because of the play of our high-paid players, right? So that was the game when Robertson took took the first one because he made that great goal to bring us back into it. And like, I thought Robertson looked great that game. He probably should have gotten it, but Ben should be playing good enough to where he demands to be on on the dot, like. If Ben's not on the dot, he must have had a terrible game, which he kind of did. He didn't play great that game. So he's got to be good enough to where he's on the dot and is ready to go score a goal. Because we went three shootout attempts on a rookie goaltender whose only experience with that in the NHL was a penalty shot, and he stopped all three. That is pretty embarrassing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) well, and it – I don't know how you felt about it, but it, it just felt like when that shootout happened that we weren't – it didn't feel like we were going to win. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I just got a feeling like, uh, well, we're screwed. <laughs> we're not going to win yeah. this game.
1: And, like, what a terrible way to – like, you come all the way – but you come back from a two-goal deficit in the third with that crazy good play at the end of the game, and you end it going over. You're going to go over in an NHL shootout. Like what a terrible way to to finish it off! Like, like you, you gotta feel like they got the heart to make the full comeback there. And each of those attempts just looked sloppy and not thought through. So I I, I don't know. Maybe we gotta tra- practice more shootout attempts at the end of practice. I don't know.
0: Well, it it just seems like whoever they choose to put in the shootout right now is just not very good. So yeah, they just haven't been making good attempts.
1: But like, and we can extend this to overtime because, like, we, like, take take our overtime or extra time losses, I guess we could call them since it includes shootouts. But, like, you take those and you and you put them to wins and, like, our record all of a sudden looks pretty good. So that, that that's where it comes weird. Like, we're saying we're playing good. We're getting to overtimes. Like, <laughs> we've got to find a way to finish the job. That's just what's been so frustrating. If we can finish the job on those, we feel like we're in a good split. We feel like we're in a good place still, waiting for Sagan and and Ben to come back.
0: Well, do you think the? I guess the solution to the shootout is don't go to shootouts,
1: right? Don't go to shootouts. (laughs) Win the dang (laughs) hockey game in overtime. Yeah, win. That's that's so annoying to me. Go score the putt. Quit circling around. Half-court rule. Go listen to the last PGR if you want to hear about that. It's so dumb.
0: It was so cool the first two years, and now it's just freaking basketball. So it, if I'm going to take anything out of this article, uh, more than anything, yes, injuries can hurt us. That's fine. That's great and everything. But we need to be better at the special teams, and we need to take advantage of our opportunities. That last that last thing the the shootouts. If we take advantage of our opportunities, we don't have to worry we're not about there. shootouts. We're not
1: in the shootouts. Yeah, we don't have
0: to worry about the dang shootouts. And yeah. I, I guess we've proven to ourselves that we're not good in the shootouts. So we need yeah. to avoid shootouts at all po- at all at all possible means. All so, costs. So. My number one is injuries. All y'all, calm down. <laughs> we're
1: still playing good. We're not winning the games. Of course we need to win games. We need to stay within striking distance to make the playoffs so that when our when two of our top five players come back, we're in the playoffs. That's all we have to do. Calm down. We're not blowing up the dang hockey team. We're an outstanding hockey team. We're missing two of our best players. Calm the heck down, Stars fans.
0: Well, and Radulov, too. Radulov has looked good this year, too. So y- you could argue that uh, we're missing three of our best players right now. So... Alright, uh Chris, we got about fifty seconds. You got anything else you uh wanna say?
1: I wanna watch hockey. I'm so tired of this. This is so and, uh,
0: stupid. <laughs> I, I really I have an NHL T V subscription, so I may just go watch a random game tonight. We'll see. But um anyway guys, thank y'all for listening. Along with Chris, uh I'm Ryan Chambers. Uh you can listen to us. Uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, we do a post-game reaction, a PGR after every Starters game. Uh, you, can every find stars it, game. you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, YouTube, anywhere you get uh, your podcasts. And obviously you can listen here on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys on the flip side.